Hello, people. In this episode, join us as we travel back in time to March 12, 2009. Confused? I'll explain a little more after the bump. Well, hello there, and welcome to Rethinking Lost, Episode 8. So, March 12th, 2009. What's so special about that date, and why are we going there? Well, let me explain. On March 12th, 2009, Elton and I released Episode 8 of our other podcast, An Apotheosis of a Bombast. An Apotheosis of a Bombast is a podcast where we take a look at some weird news, some crazy websites, maybe some interesting current events, either in our own lives or in the world in general, um, we try to keep it pretty lighthearted, pretty fun, and every once in a while we have a themed episode. We've done some looks at conspiracy theories, that's episode 20 and 21, I believe, and episode 8 was a special episode where we took a look at the television show Lost. So at the moment, Elton is in the middle of a two-week vacation, and I'm heading out myself in about 12 hours on a vacation of my own. So rather than leave you without any Lost content or rethinking analysis, we'd like to present to you in its near entirety, uh, episode 8 of An Apotheosis of Bombast, which will be entirely about the television show Lost. It will be entirely season 6, spoiler free. And if you can remember what March 12, 2009 was, this was the week in the middle of season 5 when there was no new episode released. They kind of took a one-week hiatus. With Elton being in the UK and me being in the US, the episodes are aired at different times, so this was the perfect opportunity for us to kind of sit down and take a look at the show. Specifically, you'll hear us talk about how we got interested in the show, uh, a couple of theories which are embarrassingly wrong, a couple of which are, are kind of still out there, and really we just kind of talk about when it might be a good time to get into the show, and well, I'll leave it to you to listen. A couple of things, you do hear us make reference to podcast known as the Dharma Dummies, and you will hear us make reference to a gentleman named Kennedy, who is one of the co-hosts of the Starbase 66 podcast, and he has written some blog posts about the television show Lost. He's a big Lost fan himself. We will have links to their content in the show notes. If you like what you hear with an apotheosis of a bombast, we'd love to have you come and check out that podcast regularly. It's at bombastpodcast.podbean.com. Obviously, you're catching us at a moment when we're both on vacation, but there's plenty of great episodes in there that you might want to take a look at. There's episode 7, which is called Don't Freeze Simon Cowell, where we take a look at the Alcor Life Extension Project and a couple other crazy things. That's a pretty good indication of what the podcast often is. Uh, as I said, episodes 20 and 21 were about conspiracy theories. They were more themed, not structured the way we traditionally do the show, more like this lost episode. Um, it's always good to look at the beginning Episodes 1, 2, and 3, see how it all started. Episode 5 is actually a look at remakes and reimaginings, so that's definitely worth checking out. It's one of my favorite episodes. And if you check out episode 26, which will be released right around the 20th of August, you'll actually hear my quote-unquote audition tape to Elton. But don't worry, we will be back next week. Episode 9 will be a continuation of our study of The Dead and Lost. It'll be The Dead Part 3. And we will take a look at many of the characters we haven't gotten to yet. I do want to say one last thing before I send you on your way. Thank you all so much for your support of the show, your excitement about it, your interest in it. We appreciate all the comments, all the feedback. 
And we know we don't know everything. We both hope it just comes across as two guys who like the show Lost, talking somewhat intelligently about the show, and that it's a conversation you enjoy listening in on. All right, then. I'll send you on your way. Thank you very much, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of An Apotheosis of a Bombast. I'm Scott, and with me is Elton. Hello again. How are you? I'm doing good. We, uh, we're we all benefiting from a rough week and some Skype issues, and today is Monday. Elton and I are both on the same page as far as watching Lost. We've all seen episodes up through, is it the floor? Yeah, that's right. And there's a week off for Lost, so we thought today we'd bring you very special Lost episode. It's like half term for Lost at the moment, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. No writer's strike or anything like that. Yep. If you're not a Lost fan, definitely don't give up on this episode. It's going to be pretty generic. We'll bring you up to speed and we'll talk a little bit about what we like about the show, what brought us into it. And we certainly invite any feedback from anybody, what you love about it, what turned you off to it, and if there's other shows that you think we'd like based on what we have to say, please do let us know. Mm. Before we get into what's happening now, we might as well talk about how we got started watching Lost. Do you remember, you were a fan from the beginning, or did you jump in later? No, I was from the very beginning. I, I've had my um, on and off moments with it, I must admit. But I, I uh, remember sitting on my bed, feeding my son, watching Lost. Uh, when was it aired? It was 22nd of August. Uh, not, not August, sorry. 22nd of September. Mm-hmm. 2004. It started. Yeah, that's right. And I remember watching the, the pilot. There was a big build-up towards it as well. Um, I think it was shown on Channel 4 over here first off. And there was this big advertising campaign to get everyone into it straight away. And lots of burning wreckage everywhere. And everyone was a bit, oh, okay, what's this coming on the screens? And no one really knew whether to watch it or whether not to watch yeah. it. And, Quite a few people were actually into um, 24 at the time. And I, I'm not into 24. I just can't grasp it. Yeah, I haven't really watched more than an occasional episode myself. I sat down for half a season and watched it and couldn't really get into it, to be honest. But, yeah, this came along and fell in love with it, to be honest. Loved it. I didn't catch it right from the beginning. My brother had watched the first season and said it was really good and said we should you know, get into it. We missed the whole first season, but I have one of those sources for watching videos and getting music and things like that. And so we were able to get some copies of the first season and my wife and I would watch uh, two or three episodes at a time. And yeah. I think actually, unless the first se- first season was longer, right? It was about 24 episodes. There were a lot of episodes. Yeah. I think it was around about 24, yeah. So this would have been, I think, over the summer before the season two started, that we were kind of cramming and rushing, and we couldn't get enough of it. We really just loved it. And then season two came, and, and we got up to speed, and we were spoiled with having been able to watch multiple episodes at one time to then have to go and wait, <laughs> wait a week, sometimes more, because they had that weird scheduling at the beginning. Where it'd be like three three episodes, at least here they did like three episodes in a week off. We we had this uh, same situation. Uh, I think they used to play. Not too sure if it was like three on, three off, or whatever. But there was definite definite breaks in between the season, just to, so it doesn't get too intense for the, the avid listener or avid uh, watcher. Right. 
Well, I, I'm trying to remember the pattern they kind of went through. They they started, I guess, the first year they went September through the regular TV season. And then the next two years or so, they started in September, and they would kind of take a break. One year, I guess, they did, like you said, three three on and a couple weeks off, then three and a couple weeks off. And then they had that season where they were on the Hydra Island, and that was like a mini-season. They took a bunch of time yeah. off and came back. Then they had the writer strike kind of break up the other season. So it was, it, it's been very choppy, I guess. If you're someone who was a casual fan, it's easy to kind of get turned off. That's right. They've never, never just gone flat out through uh, a season. And even this one, they've stopped for one week, right. which is kind of annoying. Yeah. But I do like the way they do it now, where they have the previous week's episode with the supplemental information, the little pop-ups, because there are things definitely built into the show, and, and while I try to catch a lot of them, and I used to sit up until this past year on various websites, and I'd go, and, and they'd, they'd be like, oh, did you check out this poster, and do you recognize that woman is the same woman who worked in Desmond's house, and all these kind of mm. weird connections. Now, I don't feel that pressure to go on and, and see what I might be missing, because the next week they got a little refresher for you. See, we don't get the pop-ups at all. Oh, you don't? Huh? No. No, we we just have to, you know, fly in the seat of our pants, and I, I suppose we're far more intelligent than uh, <laughs> you guys, so we don't need them. <laughs> they don't exactly give away a ton of information there, but they definitely affirm things. I think it's not the producers doing it. It's someone in the marketing department sometimes giving out more information than they're supposed to. Yeah. And basically, what it's done for me is it's taken me off the websites where it was so tempting to go and find out spoilers for the rest of the seasons. There were a couple of years ago where you could get the ending to the season, and one year I actually was like two or three episodes ahead, and it, it really was a different watching experience. Yeah. It was more like I would sit and look for things I knew were supposed to be coming as opposed to going and being genuinely surprised. Yeah. It, it is a shame when you do find out you know, the, the season finale or find out who dies and stuff like that. It, it does ruin it for me. Yeah. And I have found out that there are various websites like the Lost Wiki, and you've also got Dark UFO that give away a lot of spoilers as well. Yeah. I've resisted this season. I've, I've even resisted downloading the um, the podcast until I've actually seen the, the episode, because I just don't want to be spoiled at all. Yeah, well, it's definitely got to be hard for you, because there's so much immediate reaction. But if you can get in a cycle of being a couple of days behind, then at least... You know, all the things that I listen to on a Thursday or Friday, they're waiting for you on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. If you can resist the urge or be busy with other stuff, I guess it works out. Mm. But yeah, some websites definitely are other. I was addicted to Dark UFO for the longest time. And uh, then I, I just felt like I was finding out too much. It was too difficult to stay away from uh, some of the spoilers. And I started going to a Doc Art. Doc Arst, I don't know how to pronounce it, but he's a contributor, but his website is sectioned off a little more. And you could go after they showed the episode, and he would have something up where it was tons of screen caps, and he would just kind of go through and say, Did you know, you know, like I said, did you notice this picture? Did you see this person in the background? And you could see all that without accidentally stumbling on something for the future. Yeah. I found out that, um, I used to uh, spend a hell of a lot more paying attention to the background of Lost once I started listening to the podcast because uh, the, obviously the uh, the podcast phenomenon hadn't really 
taken off as much when uh, Lost had started. Mm-hmm. And people jumped on the bandwagon, ran about season two-ish, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And you know, once season two had taken off, uh, then I, I found it a lot easier to follow what's going on because you've got a lot more reaction, a lot more talking. Oh, did you miss this? Did you see that? And then you go, oh, okay, fair enough. And then you watch it again, then you realise, and then just taking little pieces out of each um, episode was great for me, you know, in the broader broader term of things. That's one of the big things that I know my, my parents and my wife will always say, like, do they really expect you to know all that? Do they really expect you to see all that? And I mean, there's definitely some things I think are thrown in just for the people who like to dig. But, but yeah, there, I think there's some careful placement of information and, and people and such that is there now so that you can look back a year later and say, wow, I didn't catch that. Or, yeah, that was the same person. Or, yeah, yeah, they knew what they were doing. It's not like they were making it up along the way. Yeah. But as far as the, the websites go and the podcast, we were talking about the weird schedule they had before. That was a big thing for me, too, that at the beginning, you'd have the show going, I guess, September to February, and there were breaks kind of along the way, but they would do these podcasts, and you'd go to the websites and you'd kind of keep up on it. And then after, I guess it was around season three, they started doing the really long break, where you'd go eight, nine, ten months with nothing. Mm-hmm. A lot of where I went for different kinds of supplemental content was influenced by what was going on during that hiatus. Because some, some people just shut down. Yeah. One of the best things I had found was this website or the group, the Dharma Dummies. They spent past summer going through uh, character analysis. So they did a whole show about Claire, a whole show about Jack, a whole show about Kate. And they went through, now that they had four seasons worth of stuff, Yeah. they could really sit and talk and they could do one a week. And there were enough people when you get into Echo and Anna Lucia and... Cindy the, the Stewardess. Then they did two separate shows about all the different Dharma stations. Yeah. You know, that quickly added up to be about 20 or 30 episodes. I, I think they uh, covered a three-episode with Locke, didn't they? Yeah. It was the kind of organized looking back that you just don't sit and do by yourself, but when someone else kind of puts it together, it help, you can sit and you listen and you start to, again, pick up on things. And that's really where you start to formulate theories, I think. mm that's one of the things I like about the show, too, is that people don't just watch it and wait and see. They watch and try to predict what's going to come up next. Yeah, I, I must admit, I tend to sit there and uh, come up with my own little theories and stuff like that. I've, I've put some bits on uh, the Dharma Dummies message board. Uh, you've probably seen that as well, about my theories of... I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it, but I suppose if you haven't watched Lost, this is your introduction. Should we say that? Yes. Right, okay. Yeah. So whatever's happened on TV up until now is not a spoiler. Because, you know, we're just going to talk about anything. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, my thoughts on time travel and stuff like that. And I know that's a big turn off to some people. And it's a big turn on to other people. And yeah. I weren't too sure how to take it at first. I, I remember, um, was it Flashes Before Your Eyes? I remember watching that uh, episode. And it was a great episode, but it was all set in London, and obviously uh, the sets weren't as good as what they should have been, and there was um, red phone boxes 
put on corners of roads and to be honest there's not many of them around now and there was hobos i think warming their hands outside brixton station and we don't we don't get hobos warming their hands yeah i remember watching that and i wasn't too sure what to make of it i could feel it coming for a little while obviously there was a the episodes with desmond building up and building up and mm-hmm. as soon as it was uh notified okay right this is time travel okay grin and bear it I was expecting it to jump the shark then, but I don't think it has yet. No, no, and I don't know that it it ever has to. I was reading something today on on the Dharma Dummies board. Someone posted a bunch of the responses that the producers have given about time travel. They said this was things that they had in mind all along, but once they started to go that route, they knew they had they couldn't just bounce around forever. They were had to be getting from wherever they were to the end of the story. Yeah, so that's they were kind of stalling and. And that's where they started pushing for having a definite end of the show. And once they knew when the show would end, they could back up and say, okay, from this point on, we can start doing uh, the time travel with a purpose. And yeah. I think they've done a good job of that. Like the flashes before your eyes. All the instances of time travel have had an end. You know, the, the flashes built up to something and then some, and stopped and stopped for a reason. The sickness occurred and stopped for a reason. And you knew why it happened. And, mm-hmm. and there's still a a greater motivation of everything that's going on that we don't know yet. But I think they've done a really good job of having it be that you understand why things happen before they go on to too many other mysteries. No, that's right. I think a lot of people um, fell out of favor um, when they were stretching out and they didn't have an ending point, did they? And as soon as they announced six seasons, then you could see it getting more clear and concise and they had a direction and they had a finish and they, you know, they've probably got an ending yeah. to it a year or so ago. You know, they were just heading towards that point and it wasn't being stretched out and you didn't have wasted episodes. Well, it, it became a certain kind of show. When it first started, you had a bunch of people on the island and while there was a monster and there was some uh, kind of creepiness and, and mysteriousness going on, it was was going the direction of the story of their survival, the romance, mm-hmm. their, I mean, the rescue, which was what you would think would be the main motivation and the main end of the story, that already happened. <laughs> and it was it was yeah. kind of like a, oh, yeah, they got rescued, and, and we'll tell you later how it all happened. That, that's not even the point of the story anymore. It, it went into all different sort of directions. And now it really is. It's, I would think it's more science fiction. It reminds me more of, like, Stargate and some of those... Uh, mixing of future science fiction with real life Earth elements, you know, coming yeah. up with science, uh, fantasy explanations for things that amaze us in real life. Yeah, I, I think there are a number of things why this uh, program makes it great for me. Uh, there's all the mysteries mm-hmm. to it. You've got uh, the numbers. You've got the smoke monster. You've got the the forced toad statue. That's still hanging around somewhere. Um, you got the sickness, which apparently has been revealed, but I'm still not sure. There was a, a lot of comments on the dark UFO and such when the people on the boat, on the freighter people, got the time sickness. They said, "Oh, that's yes. the sickness that Danielle's crew had." But I think we've since found out that that's not the case. No, that's right. There was a episode, the constant, obviously, where Desmond got onto the. The freighter, the one that you're talking yeah. about, and they, they found the guy chained up mm-hmm. to the bed. And everyone was going, okay, right, now that's a sickness, that's the answer to that. But now uh, Russo has uh, crashed on the island, and that's just thrown another twist, because everyone apparently has got sick. 
or has been brainwashed, let's say. And it's not the answer to the sickness. And so we'll, we're retreading old ground, and yet it's still fresh and enjoyable. Well, they do a great job of that. You can look at one of the mysteries that's still outstanding. When Ben said he had unfinished business, and he's by the water, and he calls Jack all shirt covered in blood. Just like people said, oh, that's the sickness. Well, and people said, oh, well, that's him going after Penny. Mm. And it may very well be, but you can't assume that because there's so many other points along the way where they brought you up and had you thinking, oh, it's going to definitely be X, and then switched it on you. Mm. So where would a, a newcomer come in at the moment? Obviously, we're halfway through season five at the moment, aren't we? Yes. Uh, we've got one and a half seasons ahead of us. 30-odd episodes, maybe? Uh Maybe 20, probably about 26, 25 or 26, I think. Yeah. So it's not that many to wrap it, wrap up this uh, program. So where, where do you reckon would a newbie have to start at the very beginning? I think realistically, there's very few people who would sit and go through all six seasons of the show start to finish if you haven't already been into it. Just because there's so many points along the way that, that kind of test your patience. I think if I was going to tell my neighbor it was a great show and they should watch it, I would probably say they could get the season four DVDs and look yeah. at the um, the stuff they had supplemental on that, where they kind of they had the story of the rescue and they had the flash forwards. There were enough kind of pieces there that kind of tied it together. If they could could watch that and watch one of the recap shows and kind of jump in from here, season five on or the season four DVDs on. I think that yeah. that's probably a good spot to enjoy what's left. But I think that becomes a whole different viewing experience. They have to then want to go back and find out who Mr. Echo was and, and Michael and, yeah. and a lot of these characters who at the time were, you know, Walt, you know, they're not, they don't really know anything about those people. And so far it doesn't look like they don't have to. No, that's right. They're not important to the, the whole story of, of Lost. No. Are they? But I think if you like the show, then you can go back and you can watch and, kind of learn how we first met Juliet and learn that there was this person, Amelia, who everyone thinks might be Amelia Earhart, and, and find out about Boone and Shannon and, and mm. things that have kind of run their course. Yeah, because uh, season five is pretty hardcore at the moment. They're, they're not going back on no. much now, are they? There's not as many flashbacks. Uh, I think they've walked that walk now, so they're not doing any more character building up flashbacks. So you're not going to get any of that. So this season and the next season are going to be for the hardcore viewers mm -hmm. and really, yeah, just dive into the uh, uh, season four box set, I'd imagine. Get all, get all, as, as many um, extras as you can yeah. and, and learn up. Um, now, I have something for you. I remember hearing on one of the podcasts that some people thought that we had actually seen the flash forwards and flashbacks prior to when we all realized it. I remember there was an episode with Jin where it looked like he was off island getting all the stuff for son's baby. Yep. And at the very end of the episode, I mean, I was fooled by that. I When it came to the end, that one was in the past, one was in the future. I, that's one of my favorite episodes. Just because yeah. it, it completely suckered me in. And I think it was around that time that people started saying, I wonder if we've had one of those before. And one of the episodes that gets talked about a lot is when Locke was with the drug growers. Yeah. But I don't know about that. I think we've seen Locke go a different direction now. I can't picture that being his future. No, I can't see that because he had half a head of hair as well. Yeah. Unless unless the island has hair-growing properties. 
which would be cool. Yeah, it would be be pretty mind-blowing, though, if they turn around and you go, oh, yeah, remember that episode in Season 2? Here's how we kind of... Well, th- there is a... um. Uh, from season two as well, you, you've got the four-toed statue that's been running throughout from season two. Yes. But you've also got from, I can't remember what episode it is, but it's definitely early part of season one. You've got the um, Adam and Eve characters mm-hmm. in the caves that they, they come across. And apparently they were set there to be revealed at a very much later date. Obviously, I don't think it'll be season five. I think it's going to be more season six now. Right. Now, there's a big controversy on who's going to be the Adam and Eve characters of Lost. And there's so many people that it could be at the moment. And it could be someone that we don't even know. Yeah, it's true. I'm not sure. There's, I guess now one of the big pushes is for Bernard and Rose because they've kind of been unaccounted for. And we've already seen death and, and trouble as a result of all this flashing. So it's easy to picture there being something going wrong. Yeah, that could be. I don't know. The four-toed statue thing has been something that I've always kind of been puzzled by. Because when it when we saw it first, you had Saeed and Son, and I think it was Jin. They were going on the boat around the island to go and and, and try to help the people that Michael took. Yeah. And you kind of see it. And if I remember right, Saeed said something like, I don't know whether to be more troubled by how big it is or that it only has four toes. Yeah. And then looking on online even more recently and, and in some of the things over the summer, uh, the producers have said, you know, we really just kind of put that there to show that the island has been around a long time. Mm-hmm. The way I read that, I don't think they ever really intended to have it be. And John has four toes. Or, I mean, maybe that is that is the case, but I think it was more just kind of, it goes all the way back to, to Atlantean, Egyptian yeah. times. and To give the island a bit of age to it, I think. And I think when they flashed and they showed a giant statue recently in the episode, mm-hmm. I'll bet in their head, it was kind of like, look, here, here's your statue. <laughs> and and I think in the end, they've kind of raised even more questions. I think so, yeah. Obviously, they listen to what the fans are, are wanting. And this four-toed statue has been dragging on and on, same as the uh, uh, Adam and Eve characters. They've been dragging on and on. And there gets a point that they're not going to answer every single mystery. You know, they might not answer the smoke monster. They might not answer the numbers. But obviously, the numbers at the moment have a circle about them at the moment where, um, oh, I'll get, get into that in a minute. Um, I think part of the issue for them is the island is not supposed to be Egyptian. I don't think it's, I mean, maybe it's supposed to be Atlantis or something like that eventually, but I don't think it's supposed to be something where the use of the hieroglyphics happen to be exactly from this culture or that culture, unless it's to be that in, in some millennia, a Viking ship accidentally got stuck or an Egyptian ship accidentally got stuck and people were there just like the lost people. I don't believe it's supposed to be like a detached piece of Roman civilization or, you know, of um, Alexandria floating yeah. around. So I think there's, there are things in there designed to bring up certain ideas and images, but I don't think it's supposed to necessarily be this Egyptian god, this Egyptian symbol, this Egyptian culture. Or, or any other one, it's supposed to, I would think, more, be more of a mix. Right, okay. No, I'd, I'd go with that, definitely. This mystery about the numbers, uh, they they first, did they turn up in season one? Obviously Hurley, well, one of the main characters, he's won the, a multi-multi-millionaire, isn't he? He's, he's won the lottery over there. About 142 million. They were on the side of the hatch when they found two. Yeah. The, well, the numbers consist of uh, 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, and 42. And 
anywhere you look on the show throughout from season one to season whenever, you'll always see these numbers popping up every now and again. And a lot of people make a lot more, you know, they'll see at a time on the, on a clock, say 8.15 or 8.16, and they go, oh, the numbers, the numbers, they mean something. They're just there as Easter eggs, aren't they? What, the way I see it, they're there as Easter eggs, but they also provide another story within the, the whole story of Lost. Obviously, Hurley won the money with these numbers. These numbers were on the hatch. They're on vaccines inside the hatch. Um, where else are the numbers? The flight The flight was 8.15. The new flight that they've had, which has just crashed onto the, the small island, was uh, 3.16. Obviously, 3 is not one of the numbers, but they'll crop up on number plates at uh, dashboards and various other places. And I, I yeah. like it because it, it's... it's just another little thing, and you can sit down and go, oh, a number, a number. Yeah. What does it mean? I think there's two roles that the numbers play. I think that there definitely is the part that goes with the plot of the story, that they're the special numbers that have to do with civilization and, and that they were on the tower and, and being transmitted for whatever purposes the Dharma group wanted. And, and so they have some significance. I think that there's instances where the numbers are definitely put in on purpose, like the the lottery numbers happening to be the same or yeah. or certain license plates or occasionally on the clock or, or different kinds of dates, things like that, house numbers. But where I think it's way too much is when people start going, oh, well, 316, well, if you do three times one plus the six or, you know, things like that, yeah. that's, that's forcing things. And especially given that you're not talking about numbers like 1,902,000, it's three. <laughs> yeah, or four. Yeah, four. Well, a lot of things come in fours. Yeah, that's so, right. So it could kind of be forced to to fit sometimes. Well, they they're good the way they use them. Obviously, uh, there was a an episode with Anna Lucia and the there was a shot from the top and the cop cars. She was a copper, and the cop cars that she was using they had two of the numbers on the roofs of the cars. Mm-hmm. Now that that to me is an Easter egg. Yeah, I agree. That's just saying, look, we've got numbers. Here's some numbers. Aha, titillation. And that's the way I see that they're using them. But there's also another number. If you add all the numbers up together, you get 108. And all the losses were on the island before they were rescued for 108 days. Right, and that was the time between pushing the button, 108 minutes. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And you had to enter the numbers into the computer to save the world. So, that, you know, there are Easter egg factors, and they're also the, the plot-driven factors. Or one of the things that I've noticed from having watched Lost is I look back at other kinds of shows that have taken that same kind of multiple-star, multiple-perspective storytelling. And just, for instance, last night, um, my kids and I watched Hoodwinked, which is a cartoon movie about Little Red Riding Hood. And they kind of... It's the Little Red Riding Hood story, and then... It's a crime scene, and the police come in, and they talk to Little Red Riding Hood, and they get her perspective of things. You get a Little Red Riding Hood flashback, <laughs> and then then they talk to the wolf, and it just kind of in Lost, the same kind of thing where their paths cross at different times. You get the wolf's perspective of that same instance of the past, and and it puts together a whole story in it, but it's, it's definitely kid-oriented. Mm-hmm. But there's that, and there's uh, the movie Vantage Point, which actually has Jack in it, yep. and there's a couple other things that even this, the Watchmen, the comic book, the Watchmen has a, a lot of things similar to the lost storytelling in that it's a story, not about any one particular character. It's a story about four or five different characters 
and throughout the comic book are what would be the equivalent of a flashback. You kind of go through when they talk about this character, let's say Rorschach, and then he's talking to a psychiatrist, and then you turn the page, and there's five or six pages of his psychologist report kind of inserted in there. Right. Or newspaper clippings, or what? They kind of mix this stuff in, and in the same kind of way that when you're watching Lost, you see uh, Sawyer talking to Juliet, and then something happens, and there's whoosh, and you're flashing back to a time in Sawyer's life, and you get relevant back, background material. So for me, I, I look at Lost as having really brought that type of storytelling to the forefront. And I think it's been great how, in the past seasons, not only has it been about the hatch, or it was about the plane crash, it was about the hatch, it was about the others, all these kind of things, it was also about a shifting of storytelling style, you know, that we've gone from flashbacks that emphasize connections between characters that they might not notice, to flashbacks that kind of develop the characters, to flash-forwards, to now everything seems to be happening in this season in relative present time. Mm. I think they were quite brave using the flashback in the very beginning from uh, episode one. Yeah. It was uh, it was a major turn-off uh, point for a lot of people, I'd imagine. You know, just, just flashbacks, and sometimes it doesn't carry well. You want a story told for you there and then uh, sometimes, and uh, a flashback can be like, oh, okay, well, you know, this has already happened. You know, I want the story now. Yeah, and it was so different from other types of of current TV shows, and and I don't think your average TV fan <laughs> has the patience for that normally. No, but there was there were enough things about it. Oh, that's one thing we didn't really talk about with the hiatus. All these times when they really could have had a lot of fans abandon them. They've really yeah. done some clever things, like these alternate reality games, where they had... Um, I forget the very first one. That one was more... I missed all the games. I missed all the games. I saw the, the miniature videos that they had, like the missing pieces. Right. Very first, between seasons, they had... Oh, I can't think of her name. It was a story more about this Hanso Foundation and Jupe the Ape with an extended uh, lifespan. And I guess in that, Widmore's company and stuff were kind of in play, and they hinted about the Black Rock. But it was more the story of um, who this Dharma initiative might be. Yeah. And they had... Is it Hanso's uh, niece, uh, Rebecca? Her with all these things that you really kind of thought were real a little bit um, with some of the YouTube things, and they had... Uh, DJ Dan and a whole bunch of other things that that you you just weren't sure if it was completely fake or a mix of, of fake and real. They had people from the Hanson Foundation on Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> on talk shows at night. Uh, they stick adverts in in between the shows as well. Oh yeah, they had uh, the the Dharma Octagon and they've had Algeria Algeria Airways. Yeah. Adverts. They even, also had Apollo Candy adverts. Yeah. Even Oceanic, the, the airline that crashed, they have a whole parallel story of it going bankrupt and then reopening for service, and they run commercials, and it just kind of blurs the line just enough. But they have the the first alternate reality game with the girl who's Hanzo's niece, DJ Dan and all. Then they had um, other ones that were finding the wreckage and... They had this one this past season of they were reconstituting the Dharma Initiative and you could go and apply for a job and all that kind of stuff, which that one sounds like it kind of fizzled out. I'm not sure yeah. what happened there. And they did the things like you were saying, um, the Mobisodes, which are basically deleted scenes or supplemental scenes that were shot to kind of fill in some gaps. 
I, I think they've done a great job kind of taking the story and making it engaging enough that even when it's not on the air, you're listening to radio shows about it, you're looking at things up on the internet, you're really kind of giving it a, a depth that it doesn't normally, that TV shows don't normally have. That's right. Rachel Blake was her name. That's it, Rachel Blake. Not that it means anything to anyone at the moment, but... No, well, now, I always wonder, too, because I think at some point my kids will want to watch this show, and I wonder if I should be downloading stuff from these websites, because, like, that was kind of fun. I, I didn't really do any of these alternate reality games as hardcore as other people did, but I liked to kind of go to the websites and see what information was gleaned from it, and sometimes it, you would go to a site and you'd, you'd see some top-secret uh, documents and different things like that that were kind of neat to, to poke through, and you'd see names mentioned and all, yeah. but I, I keep wondering, should I be, like, making copies of those things so that if my son wants to watch it in five years... <laughs> You know, some of these sites are still up. Some of them are are down. It's I think it's kind of neat. Yeah, the the Hanzo um, Foundation, the Hanzo Foundation org, that's still up. Even though the main site that they did have up, which I missed, had been shut down, it's just been put up with a a uh, a singular mm. page, and it's got Rachel Blake's name on there. And it uh, even um. The Valenzetti equation that has not been mentioned in Lost no, yet, has it? From the... But it's such a big thing yeah. about Lost. Well, there was even that book. Remember when uh, the plane crashed? There was an author who supposedly died on the plane. Then they released his book uh, posthumously, and it, it yeah. bashed Widmore and Hanso. And it was they they really played with that too. Like they made it sound like some people didn't want it to be part of the story, and some people did, and and there was a cover up and. It, it didn't make me read the book, but it did make me go to the websites to see what <laughs> what the gist of the book was about. So I well, the guy who wrote that book is uh, well, was uh, going out with the Cind- uh, Cindy, was it the uh, stewardess? Yeah, the stewardess on on the uh, Oceanic eight one five. But that's not actually said in the the program. But then again, it's still embedded so deep into the story of Lost. I think as far as preserving that stuff for my kids and all. I mean, I'm not a big fan at all of the various pedias. I think there, there's a lot of issues with those. But one thing Lostpedia does that's good is you can go to that now and look up the alternate reality game, and it'll sit there and it'll say, on January 3rd, this was released, and this is, you know, here's a picture of what you found when you solved the puzzle. And you could basically yeah. do a speed version of it and see all the same things, you know, find out all the relevant information. I see. I don't know. So I'm excited for the next season and a half. I, I like the pace that's going now. It definitely has a different feel, but it, I feel like it's still a good story. I don't feel like it's zipping along too fast or cutting corners. Who are your favorite characters in the... Uh, I always liked Sawyer, except for when he was his most jerky. Sometimes he's just too... What, the comic relief? Well, or you just want to smack him in the head and be like, that's just unnecessarily... You're being just a jerk for no reason. And I know that's part of his character, but I always felt like Sawyer was someone who was a real good person at heart, but just circumstances or even under his own influence had made himself into a bad guy. But yeah, the goodness would always kind of come through a little bit and that it was more he was being a jerk because that was the act he felt he had to keep going on or, or his self-defense. Well, if you look at him in the in the pilot, he's, he's the real, real bad guy, isn't mm-hmm. he? He's raiding people's lockers and people's bags and stuff like that. He's looting the plane. Yeah. And he's, for want of a better word, isn't But now you have the, the comic relief side where there was a an episode where he was playing table tennis with Hurley mm-hmm. and he kept losing to Hurley and it was, oh, ha, ha, I've lost again. And now he's 
rolling around in the hay with Juliet at the moment, so there's a lot of changes with his character. Yeah, it probably means he's close to dying. Once they kind of resolve a character and have him grow up a little bit, that's the end of his story arc. I I was thinking it was the end of Sawyer when he he murdered the real Sawyer. Yeah, I thought so too. John Locke's dad. And I thought, okay, fair enough, that story's over, so now they can get rid of him. And But no, they carried it on, and now obviously he's got another storyline going on now, so it's good. Yeah. No, and I, I like where he's gone. I like Hurley. I, I don't care for Kate at all. She's <laughs> No. And it's not any one aspect of her personality so much as that it constantly changes. On any given commercial break, she can go from being uh, strong to weak. There's nothing about her character that I would sit there and say, oh, I hope she's the one who makes it to the end. But Juliet, I like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, warming to her now. I think I never liked Charlotte. She just annoyed me all along. I'm trying to think who Charlotte is now. Got- the redhead who just died. Oh, right, okay, yeah, of course, yeah. Of course I know. Silly question. But who's your favorite of the characters? My favorite. Okay, I'm going to go for obvious first. Desmond. No, oh, yeah, I like this. Uh, because he is jumping around in, he was jumping around in time. He was the man that could see the future. He was a monk, which was awesome. And then he was a drunk monk. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I just like his uh, story. I like the guy who's actually playing him. I like the way he plays him. He flirts with being like a Sawyer or a Jack and like a hero kind of person. But generally, he's 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 a nice guy who wants to do the right thing, but takes care of himself. Yeah. And I guess in the story, when those times come, you know, he looks out for himself. You can't blame him, though, because he was tricked into going, well, yeah, tricked into going to the island and spent three years of his life over there. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he's going to be a bitter and twisted man. Wouldn't you be obsessed, though, with finding out how and why and all that all happened? I mean, I know you don't want to go back, but if it started to look like someone had been manipulating you, wouldn't you want to know how? Yeah. Yeah, you would want to. But then again, you wouldn't want to relive it. No. And... The place he is at at the moment, obviously, he doesn't know his uh, Mrs. Penny is in danger. Yeah. But uh, her father knows that she's in danger. So, you know, don't really want to put her in harm's way at the moment. You're right. Uh, You're right. He doesn't realize what's at stake like we do. He's just looking to preserve what seems like a happy situation. Yeah, he's got everything he wants now, so he's not going to delve into that and cock it all up for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, Another... Favorite of mine. Um, I'd like them to bring back Libby. She wasn't a favorite at the time, but more and more, I rewatch of, of her you know, on the screen. I just just want her to come back. There was um, all that talk of her possibly having a bad twin, obviously from the book. Right. But yeah, she was in the mental institution. She gave Desmond yeah. the boat. It's looking more and more like she was there for a reason. Yeah, and. It just seems too coincidental that it's all been planned that way. Yeah. But then again, I think that's that's the ro- uh, the road it's going down at the moment. Well, I think early on, it was, everything was supposed to be coincidental. That Sawyer knew Jack's dad and 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 Lucia, like those kind of connections, were supposed to look innocent. And I think Libby's role was supposed to be innocent too. But now, yeah, that we know Desmond is this super important person and there's a lot, lot of manipulation of people to get them to go places it's starting to look like you know her giving desmond the boat and being where hurley is and all it's starting to sound more and more like she was there for a reason so yeah i hope they go back bit, to it yeah a bit more of a plant mm-hmm. yeah they've been pretty good about coming back to things yeah yeah they, they have been wrapping a lot of stuff up in pretty little bows 
Mm. Um, there's another character uh, that's playing tricks on everyone at the moment. Uh, Richard, Richard Alpert. Oh yeah. And he's playing tricks on everyone at the moment. Apparently, he can't get old. He's going through. Um, we've seen him in the fifties. We've seen him in the seventies. We've seen him in up until the present day, haven't we? Yeah. Or he's the one who got Juliet uh, onto the sub into onto the island. He's also running around with Widmore as Widmore's a seventeen-year-old. So you know, where does he come from? Is is he an alien? I don't think he will be. No. If if it turns out to be aliens, then I'll, I'll have to watch Indiana Jones <laughs> and the Temple of Big Crystal Skulls in Cocoa Pops. I'm more inclined to think it has to do with undead and and reincarnation and that kind of thing. Yeah. What with the uh, the lock, uh, well, with Lock coming back onto the island. Mm-hmm. That's very uh, Spock esque, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Right down to the little hoodie. Well, yeah, yeah. And obviously Abraham's is making this or has made. Star Trek 74, or whatever number it is. I can't remember what number it is now. As, as much as I tortured teachers in school and said things like, well, maybe they just wanted the uh, shop owner's name to be Mr. Ahab. You know, and mm. how do you know they want you to think of Captain Ahab? I, I do acknowledge now as an adult that a lot of things are thrown in to draw those kind of parallels, whether it's something visual, something in, in a name, or little things like, like the numbers, you know, I guess there's been instances where some of the Star Trek numbers, the ship numbers and things like that have been used not to imply that there's a connection between the two uh, um, franchises, but just kind of a little shout out or acknowledgement or, hey, you're, you're a Star Trek fan too, you're going to recognize this. or Yeah. Yeah, that does look like uh, Spock. And I think a lot of it too has to do with Spock's reincarnation was part of a larger theme. So just the, all these things that are tying to the general reincarnation theme are going to have certain elements in common. Yeah. How pissed are you going to be if they find a Dharma station in Star Trek? <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if there was some logo somewhere thrown in somewhere. But no, I, I'm already kind of upset with the whole exploitation of existing material. <laughs> so yeah, that would bother me because there was a, a Dharma logo in uh, Cloverfield at the very beginning of that. I don't mind that so much because that wasn't part of the story at all. No, and I like that kind of like I said, giving depth to to things, making it like a cameo appearance. Kind of, right, kind of like you know um, the way you might have Iron Man or the Hulk or something kind of appear in each other's things or you know, that kind of connection. Yeah. So what happens if the Enterprise crashes on a strange island and there's a smoke monster <laughs> and there's a hatch? And Kirk and Spock have to break into the hatch. And I'm going to the video store and buying a bunch of things made before 1980 and just locking myself down for 10 years. <laughs> if it's not on VHS, I don't want to watch it. I'm going to be phoning you. You're just going to be weeping in the corner. That's right. No, they, they did it. They did it. <laughs> There's so many things that end, not that way, but just horribly. And it, we're all just counting on this one ending well. If they end it with like a "that's it" kind of moment, that, what is the consequences? You'll still watch the next show they produce. You know, ABC stays in business. It, it's really on faith that they're going to tell a great story and end it well. But I think yeah, we've seen enough along the way, and there's a, the good that comes from having a definite end date and knowing that ABC is going to pay for the whole thing. So, as long as they don't do a Dallas on us, yeah. I don't mind. That would really pay me off if Jack was having a shower and Kate walked in and yeah. hi, honey. That sort of scene. No, 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 please no. Well, I think you're safe from that because there's just not that kind of characterization. It's, I mean, he's a main character, but there's whole episodes of the show that don't even involve him, so. No, I'm, 
uh, quite glad. There are some very strong characters in this. Uh, obviously, Saeed, uh, Desmond, Locke all take up a, a front role yep. as well, don't they? Yeah. Which takes away from the Jack aspect, because he's, he's a bit of a... That Nicky and Paolo thing that, that everyone was upset, they introduced characters later on, it really did nothing to the story either way, in any way. I mean, they came and they died, <laughs> and you could have blinked and missed the whole thing. But from a storytelling perspective, the way that they went and put them back into old scenes and all, I mean, that that was pretty cool, I thought. But yeah, when they stuck them back into the pilot, that was cream. That looks so good how they did that. But they did run along with the episode, and yeah, like you say, if you blink, you miss it. But I didn't mind them putting them in there. Because they, they, there was a, a quite a few episode build-up to that as well. I don't think people who make the show expected that kind of reaction that they got. Mm. But what they ended up doing, is it really that different than saying, oh, by the way, while Kate and Claire were having Claire's baby, Sawyer was in the woods watching. You know, now yeah. we've gone back. But were they there all along? Is this the first time that they've been around on this loop, or is this just one of many, many loops that we're on at the moment? Uh, is, that, is that where the whispers are coming from, then? I don't... That's probably going to be the explanation. It kind of makes sense. But I keep thinking of all the transcriptions that people did with those whispers. You know, you could go on and they'd be like, oh, the left channel says this and the right channel says that. Yeah. If it turned out that we had heard some of that dialogue, I would absolutely think that was the greatest thing. And how yeah, that would be so cool. That. But I don't know. It doesn't fit. So since it doesn't fit, I'm, I'm more inclined to say I don't want it to be that. doesn't fit yet. No, that's true. Not yet. I, th- I think they could... They are very clever at doing it, obviously, with the Nicky Paolo sticking them into the the uh, pilot episode, then I think they could do more or less anything they wanted to. Yeah. They've got enough footage just to chop and change bits. It's, it's a definitely a great show, and definitely something that I'm going to miss when it's gone. I have a hard time in the summer when it's <laughs> it ends. You know, it's, yeah. Well, I guess uh, we should probably wrap today's episode up here. We've got, got a lot of information out there. I I hope we kind of went somewhere with it. Well, uh, what about predictions, then? I'm going to predict that... Well, I was just about to say that I thought Locke was Jacob, but then I just had this epiphany that I think it's going to end up being Widmore, and that that's this tension between Ben and Jacob and why Ben doesn't want Locke talking to Widmore or Jacob. Right. I'm, I'm going to say that that's, uh, that's where I'm going. That's my... My far-out prediction, it'll turn out that Jacob is Widmore, that Ben is a good guy, but just a good guy with really bad, bad uh, choices of how he does good things. And I'm going to predict that more recently, or sooner, uh, Sawyer will reject Kate. He's not going to go for Kate. He's going to stick with Juliet. Okay. I'll go with that. I hope he does. I, I mean... <laughs> For all all different reasons, but that would that would weaken the Sawyer character to me if he ended up waffling, going right back to her for more than just a moment. I could yeah. see a moment being like sick, and then like, no, no, I'm done with you. You rejected me. I hope so. I really hope so. I just want that all to be gone now. I'm sick of all the lovey-dovey stuff. I want action. I want suspense. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's not that kind of show anymore. It's now. It's uh. It is an action show yeah. before it was a character show. Well, they've built all the characters up. They can't go anywhere else with them. Right. Uh, I'm going to give you some predictions. I've written this on the Dharma Dummies board, and obviously no, one's else, no one else is going to see this, so I might as well stick it on here now. The time travel thing. I think if you travel back in time, yeah. you stay the age 
you are. So if I went back in time now, I'd be 30 where wherever I landed. And I'd stay 30 until I reach this point again in time where I will continue to run my life. So that's why I think output is uh, staying the same age. I also think if you go back in time, your ailments are removed. So Locke, when he crashed, they've gone back in time. He's gone back a certain amount of years, so his body wasn't paralyzed. Rose didn't have her cancer. Jin still had mm-hmm. sperm. And yeah. obviously, once you hit them points in your life, then you, as Hawkins said, the universe has a way of course correcting itself. Yes. Yeah. So you will end up paralyzed. You will end up shooting blanks. <laughs> and <laughs> you will, will end up with all your illnesses. That said... I like that. I can. I believe that. That's, I'll have to give that more thought, but I... On first listen, uh, that's compelling. Mm. I think Jacob might turn out to be... Oh, see, I've, I've got so many people that it could be. I so badly want it to be Juliet, but it won't be. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be Locke, and the reason why he can't see him is because you can't see yourself in the same space and time. Uh, do you remember the uh, orientation video for the Orchid? And you had the two yeah. bunnies that turned up, and they was like, oh, don't touch them, don't touch them, don't let them touch. Yep. There was all that. If you went into the mind of the bunnies, each bunny couldn't see each other. But from our perspective, outside of the box, you could see both bunnies. The same way Ben could see Jacob, and the Ben could see Locke. There's no holes yet? Not yet. It's just how does he get into that position. That, that's just my, my theory on why he couldn't see no, him. That's... And the, the only reason why he couldn't see him is because it is him. Um, the last scene of action on the island, I reckon, will be uh, Locke waving goodbye to everyone else. Everyone else is leaving the island, and then Smokey appears. Cut to Lost. He's the last man on the island. And then, then credits roll. <laughs> and what year do you think that'll be? Um, I reckon it'll be caught up 2010. I would have loved when they actually got off the island. It would have been real time. So time, mm-hmm. it would have only been 108 days on the island, but real life would have gone past four years. That would be neat. But that hasn't happened, so... <laughs> so that was another prediction, and that didn't turn out right, so... Well, we'll have to... It's all recorded now for posterity. We'll have to see what holds true. Yeah, people running me up going... <laughs> Check back in episode... Uh, episode, what it'll be, like, episode 69, 68, somewhere around there. We'll go back and take a look at our episode 8 predictions. A year ago, you said... You said this was going to happen, and it didn't! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well... I think, if anything, we definitely glossed on a lot of stuff, so hopefully people will have feedback. I know uh, Kennedy has written about Lost a couple times on his blog. I know some of the other people don't necessarily follow the show, but there are plenty who do. Definitely post a comment or just send us an email. We like talking about the show. We're on the Dharma Dummies board, both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, my goal is to be the Marius of that board. I have more posts than anybody, but I have my own personal Jacob close behind <laughs> me. And I have to stay ahead. I have to make sure I get over there a couple times a day. You got a long way to go to Eclipse Marius on that board. No, I know. I got to work percentage wise. Yeah. That's all. No, that's fair enough. As long as I have a cushion, <laughs> I must be number one. But yeah, if you guys have anything that, that you think is a good conversation topic, predictions you want to share, or you know anything else like that, just places you think we should go to look for stuff, let us know, and that'll be it. We'll be back next week with a regular episode of Apotheosis of a Bombast. So should we have, we'll have a theme. What should our theme be for today's episode? can't think of one at the moment. I don't want anything cliche. So don't go back in time. 
So don't wait too long to go back in time so that you can go back young. No. <laughs> trying to think of right, no, that's sense. it. I want that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> don't go back in time too old so you can go back young. That's the world's longest title of a podcast. <laughs> there you go. D-G-B-I-T-S. Yeah, I'll make an acronym out of it too. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll call it an episode and we'll be back again in a week. Cool, man. Thanks for listening in and we'll talk to you next week. See you guys, guys. later. Bye. kind of want to sing like the Dharma Dummies little like little introductory song. I like that (laughs) song they have. When you're editing, you'll hear me say that I I don't actually like Lost. I prefer um, Gentle Ben and Lassie and The Littlest Hobo. That's that's how I roll.